Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ladies Night Paintball Radio. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about kid generals and would you shoot a woman on the field. So um, thank you so much to everyone who is out there listening to us. And um, will you please try to get this onto Facebook Live? I'm having technical issues with my computer for Facebook Live, so it will be out there in just a little bit. Um, so I would like to start off by welcoming Chris Barnum. So Chris is joining us from Florida this evening, and he's going to talk about a game that he is overseeing in just a couple weeks. So Chris, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. So tell everybody who you are, what team you represent, what you do with them. Well, uh, my name is Chris Barnum. I'm actually out of Hurricane Paintball in Palm Bay, Florida. Um, I also work with uh, Legend of the Seven Seas Productions. We're a, a small little production crew that puts on scenarios in our area. Uh, we are relatively new. Um, basically, our philosophy is it's just straight paintball. There's there's no tanks. There's no laws. No, no invincibility. It's just straight, in-your-face, old-fashioned paintball. Um, we also do things a little bit differently. Um, those who were at our last game, Last year, uh, for Battle of Port Royal, uh, there's a lot of theatrics in the stage and and all that, so it's really different outside the box. Um, this year, we're we're doing two games. Uh, this one comes up on the 5th of August. It's a one-day scenario, and uh, I used to be the coach for the Tropical Storm Youth Team during that time, and I recruited two of the Tropical Storm Youth players to be generals. Um, one is Jacob Gagnon, and the other is Isabel Velez. Um, just wanted to do something a lot differently and, and to start growing the sport from that age and have them take that big leadership step in something like this. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a really good experience for them, and I'm looking forward to it happening. Well, as I was telling you off air before, I'm super excited because I've known some of these teen generals since they were just kids before they were actually teenagers. So it's really neat to see how far they've come over the years in playing and where they are right now. So thank you for giving them this opportunity. Um, Before I bring on people from, I think that it might be Isabel on the line. We've got area code 832 on hold. But before I want to talk about your production company, and what you do. Yeah, um, so, it's, it's, it's between... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, tell us a, about okay. your production company. Do yeah, where you're actually, at. Yeah, we are, uh, it started with uh, myself and uh, the other coach at the time, uh, Dan Velez, which is Isabel's father. Um, it's us two and our spouses that actually put this together. Um, 
we wanted to take a different step. We wanted to do things out of the norm that anybody else ever does. Um, that's why we started, decided to make it just just very basic paintball in the games, uh, so everybody has is on an equal playing field. And uh, my wife and I have a kind of a, a um, an entertainment background uh, for different things, uh, and we wanted to incorporate that as well. Um, so if those who were at our scenario last year, which is actually based off Pirates of the Caribbean, we used a lot of that um, stuff there to incorporate it with, and uh, we started doing this next game, which is our not the one we're doing on the 5th, but the one our big production on October 1921st uh, is, is going to be based on the second game called Curse of the Kraken. Um, basically, loosely based off the second movie. Um, so those who were at the game before, as I said, are going to see what they saw before, but at a totally different level. We're really taking it over the top. Uh, so it's, just, it, it's very family-oriented, and we want to make it just fun, just where everybody comes out and has a great time, you know, um, and just they can walk away going, that was a damn good game, and, and have them come back for more next year. Mm-hmm. And this is the game that, well, I'm not even sure. Did Grim Burnett general at this game last year? Yes, you were there. Um, yep, that was one that was just, uh, I had the whole stage area was all done, um, so Tortuga Tavern signs and all, all the all the the cannons hanging everywhere. It, that was the game. Oh, okay. That was a super fun game. We, I think that my son was even there for me. I have played so many games this year, Chris, that I kind of have lost oh, track of some of the I've been, and especially nope. where AJ's been with me. I'm very excited nope. you, to be able you, to bring you back yeah, out Yeah, you there, both though. were there. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. You okay. both you both were there. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. He should, he, okay. He'll be out there with um, when we come out there. So we, people have spoken and heard from Desi Johnson, who is regularly on here. And mm-hmm. I believe his fiance is one of the XOs, correct? That is and correct. For this game comes on the XO? 5th. Right, uh, it's actually the XOs for Isabel is, is going to be Jenny Gore. And for uh, Jacob, it's going to be uh, Grim Burnett. And I, and I'm glad those two are there to help mentor Isabel and Jacob in this kind of atmosphere. Uh, you know, it's it's we're looking at a, a, we're looking at a pretty good turnout. So it, maybe at their age, you may be overwhelmed, or you know, but they have so, a solid base there to help support them and help them succeed in what they're trying to do. And that was what this was all about. I am really excited about the groups of people and that you've got kind of. Split. So you've got one team. I, I'm not sure if people understand this game. We'll, we'll get into the game. And mm-hmm. before we get into it, I want to introduce area code 832. Um, so let me start there. Area code 832, who's this? This is Chris from Cobra Paintball. Hey, Chris from Cobra. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So please stay on the line with us. I'm going to go ahead and chat with Chris a little bit about this upcoming game because um, not only is it being run with two child, two kid generals. I mean, I don't even know what to say because they're teenagers. They're 16 years old. So, I mean, kid, teen, child, what's the right word? I don't know that child's the right word, especially knowing these kids because they're quite responsible. Yeah, I would say young adults. That's That's what they strive to be right now is young adults. Okay, yeah, definitely fair. So, I mean, with these two young adults with the 
role models, the exos that they've chosen to help them here. But what is most amazing to me is that they are both from the same team. Yes, they are. Um, when I was approached uh, by the owners to go ahead and, you know, can we get another game before school going? Okay, yeah, sure. So I was telling my wife about it, and she goes, do a game in between last year's Battle of Port Royal. Put something in the middle. That way it goes into the next game. So that's where we came up with the, the – I'm sorry, still there? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, the game was the Black Pearl ship divided. So the team is divided. There was a little bit of a theme to it. Um, they have practice today. We talked about it. And they're excited. Um, even though they're playing against each other, which they're really looking forward to, I think there's more energy in this one with this group than there ever has been. So it, 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 it's actually been a very positive thing. It's going to be a great, uh, a great experience for all everybody. I'm actually really excited about the fact that they're generaling against each other and they're from the same team because I'm going to be generaling against one of my teammates later on this year. And oh, really? Okay. We had, um, some conversations amongst the team about how we're going to split the team, right? Because we're both recruiting from literally the same pool here. So what did your, <laughs> what did your young adult do with your team? How did your team go about splitting sides? That That's the funny thing. And when I approached both of them the same day about, Hey, are you interested in doing this? And, and they lit up, they're excited about doing it. And it, it got real. Uh, they were talking to everybody. Uh, these two got ruthless with recruiting. Um, they were worse than politicians. Uh, they're asking people left and right. Um, I, I mean, they're calling their friends they're texting. They're reaching out to people left and right. Um, they're trying to see who can get more people there. I, I'm not surprised if you get flyers in the mail or they're going door to door. They were, they were going nuts with this recruiting part. Um, but they're very excited. They have an opportunity to do something they, they never thought they'd get to do, it seems like. And, I, um, and we're trying, trying to make it the best experience for them as possible. And I think the people who are going to turn out are going to support them as well. So that's, it, it's all around going to be a great thing for that one day. So I received a message directly from Isabel, specifically citing wanting girl power. And yes. I helped bring not only women, but any players to the game, but that if I was bringing women to please have them be on her side. And then she told me that Jenny was going to be her XO for the game. And she was really trying together a dream team of women in central Florida for the weekend. Yeah, she actually is. She wants to be, if she could have an all female team, that's what she would do. Um, which I think is great. I mean, that would be a, just a great balance, and then that that would be great to run into your next segment of this whole of your, of your whole show. Would you shoot a woman or a female? So that's kind of an interesting side note right. there. Um, but uh, well, no, the, the, everything I wanted to talk to you about with you and the kids was or the young. Oh my gosh! I mean, I've known them since they were twelve years old. So to me, oh, I, I look them they're the same as my son was, and I guess that that might sound really old of me to say no. And so they're, they're not kids. And I mean, generally in a game, even if they are young children, we are, uh, there was a, I mean, I, I, he was 12 years old. So I mean, yes, really a kid general, 
um, to a game yeah. who might be calling in as well this evening. So yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm very much for the the teens, the youth taking over, and I like that they have these strong forces behind them. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I mean, they're excited. I know their XOs are excited to be a part of of this transition for them, and to help uh, support them. And, and I think it's it's an all around great thing. Uh, I like Isabel's idea of having an all female team. Um, I would love to see that. Um, just to bring more, you know, more females uh, to the sport. And she she has that feeling there needs to be more. And I, and I agree, there does. Um, uh, it's it just and, and these and these are strong players. I mean, they will run you down and like there's no tomorrow. Um, it, it's impressive to watch how they've grown in the sport. Uh, they're confident in each other. They're they're team building, um, and they're great players. So I mean, they follow the philosophy that Dan and I put together as coaches. Is you know the the basic three are integrity, respect, and teamwork, and that's the philosophy of the team, and that's how they play. And I and I like to see what they do with it on the fifth. So how many? Female players are on this team. There are three. Okay. So on, uh, on the Tropical Storm team, as far as I know, there's three, uh, and the team seems to keep growing. Uh, I was coach up until the beginning of the year, and I stepped away um, to follow my son as he went from Tropical Storms to be a honey badger on their speedball team. So I've been spent a lot of time with them. Um, but like I said, I think right now there's three. If I might, I might be mistaken. Um, but like I said, with, uh, with Dan Belez and uh, Mike Ziegler is also the new coach too as well. They've been doing a great job with him. Well, I, I mean, I'm the people on Facebook can see my expression that you can't, but I mean, three is a very big number for this crowd because I remember when there was one. So it was three, I mean, that's yeah. 300 percent growth. Um, but and they're always trying to recruit, and they're always trying to bring their friends in and recruit. So I want to, I want to see that happen. And we're, it's a perfect segue. One of the reasons I wanted these two topics together tonight of introducing kid generals to the game as well as the question of is it okay to shoot a woman on the field? And I thought, wow, this is actually a great intersect because of the people who were involved uh, because it's there are some places that I go and there is, it doesn't matter. There really is no gender being talked about because everybody's out there to play paintball. There are other places that I go and people have told me, you know, I didn't shoot you because you were a girl or I didn't shoot him because he was a kid. And I have personal mixed feelings on it because part of me says, thank you, especially when it's somebody who's bunkering me, if they are a little bit nicer. At the same time, I know the risk that I'm putting myself out there, and I don't want to be treated any differently than another player. So it's uh, kind of a fine line that I walk back and forth on it, depending on the situation, I guess. But I'm always intrigued when there are teams who welcome females in for the different reasons that they have the girls on the team. And when it's because everybody is out there just falling, then, you know, 
I love seeing it actually grow, passing the torch to the next person to help um, grow the sport. I mean, having Kid Generals, that's a really big step, especially because of the networking involved. So for everybody to come together and put this game together, it is truly the whole community. You were talking about having parents who are involved. Um, You were talking about Isabel's Mm -hmm dad, who's also one of the coaches. I mean, parents are very involved Correct. with your team. Can you tell people a little bit about how your team interacts, especially with the parents, what the parent roles are? Um, there's about uh, in between 25 to 30 kids on the team. Um, and, the, and a lot of the parents, uh, when, when there's a game going on, they're always there to help. Uh, they're very supportive. Um, they, get, they help get uh, the team where they need to go. Um, it's it when I uh, when I was there and I can still speak for it that way as well. It's it is very reassuring that they have they're very supportive of having their kids a part of this organization that they have here at Hurricane, and it it it's good to see that if they need something, they'll ask, hey, can I help here? Can I do this? Can I do that? They're very supportive. Uh, so it, it it's a good feeling to know that it's not a I hate to say it, a, a drop and go. You know, they're there. A lot of them are there to help out and say, you know, "What can I do to be part of this?" And, and it's a great, great thing. So. so we're getting a lot of support for everything that you are doing um, here on Facebook. There are some great comments, including "Keep growing the sport." That's coming in from Todd McLaughlin. Grow some young generals. Teach leadership skills using the sport. Um, I love the way that in your community, if you will, um, there's room for growth. You were talking about your son formerly being with the tropical storms and now being with the honey bag. So mm-hmm. can you tell everybody, I mean, you, you said that they were a speedball team, but they're not just a speedball team. I, I mean, I've seen these guys compete at very big events. Um, I even bumped into your yeah. son at NXL. Yeah, he told me he saw you. Um, basically, the, the honey badgers were all tropical storms at one time. And then a little bit of history on that. Myself and, and Dan, Dan Velez, uh, my son and his son decided to go play NXL a couple of years ago. They did the two-man. And uh, they, did, they, they had a great time. Then we put our heads together. It's like, if we're going to do this, let's build a team. Let's do it right. And we, we did it. Um, then they started out as the honey badgers. And uh, – we had another coach come in uh, that came in and helped us out, and uh, his son's on the team too, so he had a lot of knowledge. I didn't have any knowledge of that stuff whatsoever. Um, I'm basically just a field manager now. I can make sure the lawn's cut and it's all good to go. Um, but just those six boys, the way they click together, the way they operate, um, they still have the same principles of in- in- integrity, respect, and teamwork as the, as the Storms do. And just watch them from going from a D5 team to almost a D3 team in a year and a half, how they perform. It's been phenomenal to watch them. And the parents on that side, too, uh, we travel. Every time we go, all the parents go at one time. We have this bus full of people, it seems like. Um, We have tents everywhere. We have food everywhere. It's it's like a – you never see anything like it. Um, And that same intensity of support from the parents is is here as well. And that's been a really good ride, too, as well. So I there's so many things about what you all 
do in Central Florida area in between those two parks, between Battlefield Orlando and the Hurricane mm-hmm. Paintball Park? Because a question that I get asked very often and that I hear asked very often is how do we fund trips for our kids? How do we advance with our kids? We see other people doing this. Um, and so what are your teams doing to help fundraise and make this possible for the kids to um, advance? Well, both both teams you know, have dues. Uh, there's a structure, especially for, you know, the speedball. Anybody who knows anything about speedball, it, it's not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Um, on that end, you know, all the families came together, and we came up with a, a structure for payment to keep us going. Um, we Every now and then we may try to do a fundraiser if it's necessary. Uh, I know with uh, the tropical storms, there's dues in that as well that cover certain things, and they've done in the past, they've done car washes and stuff like that too as well to help bring up money for other venues, so the things they want to do. And they've always been successful at it. Um, so, again, that's where a lot of parents come into as well. So there's a great support structure on both teams that make them successful. And they and, and those teams wouldn't, even though the coaches are doing what we're doing, if the parents weren't there to help, it, it wouldn't work. It would never exist. And also the field, the participation from the field, because Kim and Tim Fillion, mm-hmm. um, who are sponsors of Ladies Night Paintball Radio, they – they not only invite the kids, the youth team there and help them grow, but they give you all space to produce games as well as to vend food at games, correct? That is correct. I, they are very big on a family-oriented game. They want to see the sport grow. Uh, myself, you know, Desi Johnson, we're all talk about how we can grow the sport. You hear Desi talk about it all the time. And it starts with the kids. You know, it starts with that next generation, you know, some of us are getting up in age, and we don't play like you used to, you know, but that next generation there, you get them involved in the right way, in the right mindset, in the right ethics, how to play the game, it's going to grow. And that and that's the basis of what we do. I know Desi Johnson has their team they're building up there at Battlefield, and they're doing the exact same thing. They're building the team up there mm-hmm. of the next players, the next generation, that's going to keep the sport growing. And that's what it's all about. That's, that's our biggest focus, and- to make sure it grows. The University of Central Florida also happens to have a college-level paintball team. So paintball yeah. happens to be big in Central Florida. We have a lot of paint, uh, speedball tournaments that occur there in addition to scenario ball. Uh-huh. So, Correct. You know, people hear about things on the West Coast. They know that NXL comes to us once a year for World Cup. But throughout the year, there are different events including um, SPL is there, NXL is out there, and MVCS, Velocity, the social series. So there's many games, so it's a thriving place for people to get involved um, in our community. And that is unique to that area. Not everybody gets to have, uh, I I guess, so many resources for people to grow into. So it's something to definitely be I guess thankful for and one of the reasons that we always drove north up to the middle of central Florida from Miami because that was to me that's the best area in central Florida to be playing so or in Florida to be playing so, so we've got some comments here that say 
Um, us ladies play paintball to play paintball. Don't pity us or think we are weak. We will kick your butt on the field, LOL. Awesome. <laughs> I agree. Thank you, Nikki. Um, Larry says, I'd put those three girls up against anyone. He's talking about the three trap storms. Um, yep. Penn is here. We could bring him on the screen if he gives me a thumbs up. Pinto Hamilton, Jimmy Spink, PBC44 is here. Hi, Brent. Uh, Brent from AirUps is here. Brent, will you type in the name of the series um, that you do with social here in Florida, please? I think the AirUps and social just got together and did something. So, anyhow, yeah, I think or, or, that's earlier this year. Do you know the name of the series? Was it? I don't know exactly which one it was. I have to look to see. Okay, Brent will give us an answer. Let me bring somebody on the line, and then we're going to talk with Chris and start talking about um, would you shoot a woman and why not. So, area code 406, who's this? Area uh, code this is Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, how this are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great, thanks. So, let me get that doing here. Welcome. Jimmy knows a thing or two about shooting at women. Jimmy was just <laughs> shooting with me um, a few months ago. SPL. Was that what it is? Todd McLaughlin is trying to answer us. It might have been. Um, but I know that they did something with Arabs. So I was just looking for the official name of it. So, we're going to go ahead and... Chris Barnum, please stay with us because I want to talk to you as well sure. on this topic. But I want to switch over to Chris Hill from Cobra Paintball and start to talk with him a little bit about the question since he is who brought it to my attention this week. Um, would you shoot a girl or would you bunker a girl? So, Chris, welcome. Thank you. So one of the things that, well, first let me have you introduce yourself to everybody. Um, tell them your call sign. Tell them a little bit about you and Cobra. Uh, my name's Chris. I play for Cobra Paintball out of Houston, Texas. Uh, Cobra Paintball was established a little over 10 years ago, starting with just a few people. Uh, and it's grown immensely. Uh, we are the only GI sports scenario team in the entire South, as far as I'm aware. Uh, most recent games that we went to was uh, Living Legends up in Hill, Michigan, which is actually where I met. Um, we met there. And that's why this yeah. topic was the first one that you came to me with, Chris, because... Chris and I were walking off the field together, and I was walking on his left side as we were walking out. But his left side was the side where enemy paint would be coming from. And he kind of looked down at me like, wait, you don't belong on that side of me. And he stepped to my left side, and we took, what, one more step when he got hit in the head. So he took a dome shot no, for was, me. And, uh, oh, it was like karma. Karma was just like coming at me quick, so I stepped in right in time. I don't know where that would have hit you if it got me in the dome. Probably would have went over your head, seeing how tiny you were. (laughs) 
But, uh, <laughs> I think either way, so, no matter what side I was on, I would have got hit. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it was an interesting question. So if you kind of frame it for everyone as you did for me in your message, who brought you this question? How did it get here? Uh, I, actually, I went and played some rec ball at a local field here, uh, TXR, and uh, I don't usually when I go play rec ball, I usually uh, just don't put any of my Cobra stuff on. I just play. Actually, I play in old stuff. I usually have, a, I think, a PMC or is it P, PMC jersey. I, I mean, I look like I went to, like, the grocery or the, the garage sale of paintball stuff. So I just look as shanty as possible when I go out there. So uh, not, that, not that I don't want to represent my team, but there's always different expectations when you're fully branded versus if you just look like a nobody. So um, people there know me. Um, I ref there for a little bit, and then some of the regulars there know me just because, you know, because uh, we go to a lot of scenarios there. Uh, and kind of the dead giveaway is my call signs on my lens iron sight. So uh, people always ask why I put it on my lens is because if someone can see me and they can't really, they say, hey, you in the green, most scenarios players are wearing green so they if they can see it close enough to call my name out like you know they get my attention easier um the uh so we were playing and there was some there was some kids on the side that were uh, young guns some uh, teenagers and uh it was about me and about two left and then there was a there was one there was an older girl teenager and then there was a younger girl which was probably about 10 10 or 11 and then the guys that were with me we're like, oh, it's just two girls. Let's just go destroy them. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you can't just go in there and just go in full Rambo on them. You know, I was like, you can get close enough to them, call them out. You don't have to do it disrespectful in any way. Just say, hey, we know there's two of you and there's three of us. You want to go out, you know, blazing or do you want to walk out? And, you know, one of the guys did it. Uh, the other one, he was getting really itchy. He was, he just wanted to run up and just straight up point blank bunker them. So, um, I kind of stuck close to him just in case he tried to do it. I was going to eliminate him, but, um, the, uh, the, the other kid, he, you know, he gave it a try and then, yeah, sure enough, you know, the girls, the girls come out, hands up and, uh, you know, a little rec game was over a little 10 minutes, you know, skirmish. And then we were walking off and they're like, do you not, do you don't shoot girls? And I was like, no, I shoot, I shoot plenty of them. I shot my own wife. You know, the difference is, is mm-hmm. knowing when to make that call and not make that call. So, yes. You know, and, and most experienced players, you know, if they have a, any level of respect, will be, okay, I know there's a girl in there. I've seen her. You know, I've seen that she's this tall. You know, would I bunker my own wife? No, my wife's tiny. She's 4'10 and 80 pounds. A single ball was under flying. So, uh, and that's why she don't play anymore because it only took one time. And uh, and I didn't bunker her. I wasn't mean to her. She got shot twice. And she's, she was basically said, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> don't want any more of that. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we got in, and then the discussion got really deep, and then they were asking, well, they're like, well, how do you know, you know, how do you know that there was girls in there? I was like, well, you know, they'll watch them run in there. You know, you got to be aware, you know, be aware of everything, not just for paintball, but be aware of listening for people calling for help, you know, like someone fell, hurt themselves, you know, you know, everything. It's situational awareness. Uh, most, most vets, if they're paranoid enough, they're always listening and looking out for anything, you know, even watching some of their own teammates sometimes, so. Um, but the discussion, I mean, it lasted, I mean, I missed two, two games with these, uh, these two kids and they were just asking, they're like, well, when do you start, 
like laying it heavy on a girl or laying it heavy on a kid. And I usually believe in the philosophy is, you know, you, you know, whatever they deal out, you know, you deal out back, but you're the one that's need to keep in mind when to take your finger off the trigger. If it's a kid that wants to go ham on you, let him go ham on you. If he gets you, that's great. You know, it's, it's all any, like I said, any experienced player will tell you that it's about making the right choice and the right call at the right time. And sometimes you got to make a split. And sometimes it just doesn't always happen like you planned it in your head either. So I didn't plan to get domed when I was walking by you. I was hoping for some soft, you know, hits to hit my vest or at least my legs. But one right to the right to the ear, no, I wasn't really on the on the list. So, <laughs> no. but what do you guys think? And there's somebody on hold that I want to bring on. Area code seventy six. Is this Sammy? That's correct. Hey, it's so nice to have you join us this evening. This is Sammy Fajaga from the SFPBK Army out of Miami, and I'm so uh-huh. glad he's joining us. Sammy and his crew have been my personal backup since I started playing in South Florida. Um, they've always run by my side. We've played together, actually, at your game, Chris Barnum, we played together last year, um, but I was hoping that yeah. they would call in because they've got some ladies on the team, too, and we've played together. So thank you. And I want to yeah. address a couple comments that are happening on Facebook right now um, that are coming in. We've got from Todd McLaughlin, I was in the military with women, and they are just as nasty, if not more. Guess them as you want to be treated on the field. Um, Daryl Sample says, I'll blow her head smooth off her shoulders. If you are playing, then you are playing. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's about making that choice of what you want to do. It's it, Yeah, if, yeah. She, if she can put it out, then you deal it. Yeah, you deal it back. You know, it's, you know. You know, you, you, same thing when, when you go up against tourney players in the woods as a scenario player, you know, these guys are used to running lanes on small fields and small skirmishes. So they're, you know, these guys aren't usually having to look behind themselves. So if you come up behind one, you don't want to just lay into them and say, hey, welcome to scenario where 360 security is important. You know, you, <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's, the, it's the one thing that paintball has been losing every once in a while is that respect level between player and player. Otherwise you just make more problems that people got to put out, you know, fires at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And as a female player on the field who has been called dude so many times. And I remember one time being called dude and I screamed back, I have long blue hair. And he said, so does the guy standing behind you. And I looked and there was a guy with long blue hair standing behind me. <laughs> I thought that I stood out in that particular instance. So, you know, I think there are situations that you might not even know. Can you make yourself I, I, I think there are situations that you might not even know that there is a female there. And so when your question first came to me, I was a little sorry. I'm having some technical difficulties with my dog who doesn't usually get to be in the room with me and is strong across us. Um, with the when I have the ability to know that there are, you know, the respect level, I guess is what it comes back down to, really. Knowing who's on the other side, I wouldn't necessarily treat them differently. I try to be respectful on the field at all times. But 
there are definitely situations that I might go a little bit harder in uh, other, rather than others. I know that there are some new players or people who are um, young. Maybe I don't want to scare them as much. If I can be equally as effective by bunkering somebody um, or by calling them out, uh, by surrendering them, that's something that I personally take a lot of pride in. I spent a lot of time training to be able to go and bunker people. Now, when I get there, does that mean that I shoot you? I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. So being able to know when is the right time and when is the wrong time, there's not a blanket answer to this. Uh, but I've definitely had people who told me it. Actually, Sammy's last game, um, there were guys who told me, they said, I was going to shoot you, but it was you. And that wasn't necessarily because I was a, because I was a friend and last minute I switched from one side to the other to help even out the numbers of the game. So they said, so instead of shooting you, I thought shot the guy next to you. You know, so they still took one player out. Yes, they let me through. Um, but... It wasn't just you're a girl, so we're going to go easy on you. But I've had the opposite where people have told me that my hits don't count because I am a girl. So it it can span a wide, um, I guess, a, a wide range of meanings in this. So, Sammy, what are your thoughts on this? On well, the first thing, if they if they say that your hits don't count because you're a girl, I'm pretty sure they're ignorant. Uh, I think they need to uh, come up with a you know new generation now. Um, now I, I do believe that man, we have some fierce girls in the in the field, and let me tell you, these girls will not go easy on you no matter what. So um, I I show the same respect to them as they show the same respect to me. I mean, I've I've been face to face with some girls that you know they were not back down, and listen, I respect that all you know I respect them a lot, and that's why you know usually when I do shoot a girl. Uh, you know, I walk up to them and, and I'm not like, hey, are you okay? None of that stuff because they don't want to hear that. Listen, you guys have been going through so much through all these years trying to accomplish something that you guys have accomplished. The last thing you need me is a big guy like me going up to you guys. Hey, Lee, hey, are you okay? Are you hurt? You know, I don't have that. You know, I don't do that. I just shoot you. Hey, listen, you you good? All right, we're good. And let me tell you, I've got some girls that have shot me clear in the face. And let me tell you, I walk up and I give them the same respect. Hey, good shot and, you know, just keep it up. Um, and this way, you know, we, we definitely want to get more girls into in, into the scenario, into paintball. You know, I think that we don't have enough girls, uh, period. You know, I think we can do better. We can bring more girls into the game. Um, but I've had uh, issues where some girls get, you know, I, I had an issue about, I want to say six years ago when I shot a girl in, in the, you know, in the breast. And, uh, you know, I wasn't very happy about that. But uh, at the end of the day, she, she she just came out and said, hey, bro, good shot. And and I was like, oh, hey, no problem. And, you know, we just keep on playing. Um, but I don't I, – I think women now that play the game, um, I I see them as another, another player. They're not they're not a man. They're not a woman. I just see them on the other side. They're another player, and we're going to play as hard as I know they're going to play against me. Um, so – that's the way I look at it. You know, if I bunker somebody, uh, I do give them a chance. But most of the time now, you know, you have to be careful because, like you're saying, there's there's different scenarios. You know, I'm not going to bunker – I'm going to try not to bunker somebody that's, uh, you know, you know they, they haven't been playing a lot of years and, you know, 
And usually they, those are the same ones that turn around and shoot you back once you tell them, hey, listen, you're out, you know, give up. Those mm-hmm. are the same people that are going to turn around and shoot you, you know. Uh, usually most professional players, experienced players, once you have them in your sight and, you you know, you're like five feet away from me and say, listen, I got you, you know, you know, you give them that choice, most of them actually do come out. They do not, you know, they don't shoot back. Uh, very rarely I see that those incidents. But the new players that come out, they still have to acquire that respect, that, you know, the honor for the game. Um and usually those are the ones that end up shooting you back. They really don't. They really don't care. They just turn around and shoot you back. You know. No, you keep hitting on honor and respect, and it really kind of comes down to that in this game, especially yeah. when you're talking about the difference between being bunkered or surrendered. And we've had comments. Ben Painter says he would rather be bunkered than surrendered, and there's definitely. Players who say that. I mean, he says don't, he's being a little facetious here. Don't bunker women or guys with long hair or people that aren't in dark collars. Um, and some people think honesty, respect, and integrity. We're back to it. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the yep. honor and the respect part of it is well. I mean, everyone's going to agree with that. There's a way to play and there's a way not to play. I can tell you there have been extreme cases of honor that I have encountered on the field. One of them was against somebody who is now a teammate of mine, but I did have pistols out in a major gunfight. And apparently as I, I would swear that I shot and he said no paint came out of the front end of the pistols, but I went right by him with both pistols but he called himself out because he said he saw the burst of air um, and that, you know, that I earned him being out for that. should have been out on technicality. He wasn't staying in that. But as a DeMarcus Washington, uh, his team captain is shaking his head no. But there's a certain level of respect that I give him for that. That said, he is part of the same crew of guys that made me look like a Dalmatian. So... <laughs> You know, if I, I I really believe that if a woman is out there playing, you know, go ahead. The woman you're talking about an adult, you know. Now, if you're talking about a small person, that's something else. But they signed the waiver. I come back to this, you know, you signed the waiver. You went out there. You have to know what you're getting into. I just like hearing people's point of view on who they would shoot and who they wouldn't because I have gone up to people and tried to surrender them and then turned around and shot me and so I take it but that's a risk that I took right by doing that you also put yourself at a risk and now is the person who didn't accept your surrender who turned around and shot you are they bad or mean or public enemy or did they do exactly what they were supposed to do in a battle where the point is to eliminate the enemy Oh, that's another that's another situation where you have to see what you know what kind of you know what you determine. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if I tell them, you know, I tell I say twice, hey, surrender, and uh, they don't surrender, that to me, you know, that's a cle- that, that's pretty much a flag for me to say, okay, I got to shoot you. I mean, and then again, I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm going to make sure that I shoot them once and say, listen, you're out, you know, because you're going to have those people. And also on top of that, let's be let's also be understand this that when you're in a in a crossfire, you have a lot of you know paintball guns going off. Some of these times, and again, you have a mask on, a lot of times these people don't hear you. 
you know, and they turn around thinking, crap, they're going to come behind me. They didn't real, or they didn't hurt the fact that you screamed or say, hey, listen, you're out. I got you. You want to surrender. They, they, some, some of these people don't hear you, so they turn around and shoot you. So usually if I say it twice and they don't hear me, or they, or either they, either they hear me and they just don't care, or they actually, they did hear me, um, or they didn't hear me. Sorry, then you know I just give them one shot. You know, one shot. I'm not gonna go crazy on them, and you know, and of course, you know that's where you know you have that. You know, that's a decision you have to make quick, and it's it's like everything. You know, even you know militaries know all this stuff. You know, military guys. You know, when you give when you guys give somebody a warning and they don't you know either they don't hear you, they don't watch. You gotta you gotta take that shot because now you know in real life your life is in danger. So in the paintball kind of is kind of like the same, you know. Or oh, listen, if, even though you don't hear me, I gotta shoot you because hey, you know, you're gonna turn around and you're gonna shoot me again, you know. So that's that's little again. It's scenarios how you you know the the, the termination that you take when that happens. Um, I do, but one thing that I do every time we do a game and we do you know like we do in ER Park, we do open games, and we have rentals and stuff like that. I you know I usually split the rentals evenly, and I always say to everybody from both sides, we have rentals. I told the rentals very simple. If you know if you get shot, raise your hand. Don't try to be a hero, you know. Or and I told the guys too, you guys, we have to go. Not easy, but we have to understand that we have new players. We have players that probably have never played before. They're they're in a party. They just want to join up, and and that's something that you know you have to make sure. I make it them aware, you know. And usually, thank God, we haven't really had any any real issues in you know like in our part because some of these guys really do listen to you, you know, and actually they 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 kind of respect that and they see that because you you're actually telling them, hey, listen. You know, we have, we're expert players here. We're trying to, you know, we're letting you in this game. Please understand the rules, you know, and that's pretty much it. And usually most of them, a lot of times, they do follow. Yeah, they do. Okay. So I know that, again, I go back and forth on this topic as well, whether it's with kids or with adults, um, because I've been on both sides of it whether you're talking about women or children, my own son, there's a comment here that says, we've got to teach the kids the rules. And when something rough happens to them, we got to explain that they have the same chance to do it to the other team. And somebody else says this comment, yes, yes, I agree with that. However, there's also another side to that because sometimes people do things that they're not supposed to do in the sport, right, that are – not the right thing. So when you can't just say you have the opportunity to do it to somebody else and you say, sorry, tough luck, you know, that happened to you and you can't do that to somebody else, that's also sometimes a tough, I guess, you know, thing to have to accept as a kid. I know that for my son, for instance, even at our park, and everybody at the park was so good about it, including the player once he realized what had happened, um, or more so once he realized everybody's reaction to what had happened. But my son is he's young. He's young, just now 10. So, But he, it was in younger years, and he was playing speedball. He really loves to play speedball. And he was playing Friday night, and Friday night lights at our home park in Fort Lauderdale, it gets very competitive. And to my son's advantage, because he was so tiny, people forget that he's on the field. So they would clear a field, and my son would still be on the field. So sometimes almost winning by elimination. Like, he hadn't even peeked out from behind the bunker, and the game was over sometimes. 
and then somebody would start walking off the field and he'd shoot them, and my son would wind up winning the entire game, right, just because somebody was swaggering off. Uh, they didn't know he was on the field. But somebody did know he was on the field one night, and they came up from way behind and not only scared the daylight out of him by the way they ran up on him screaming at him, but then they also shot him from close point blank range, and they thought they were cool about it until people were telling this teenage kid, like, way to go, dude. You must feel really tough. You not only scared Screaming at my kid the way he screamed at my kid running up on him was enough to, for my son to call himself out, right? Then to shoot him on top of it was a little bit much. But within speedball, which is different than scenario ball for rule, you can run up on somebody in bunker them and shoot them close range. Sorry about the dogs, guys. They are going to have to go out for a little bit. Um, you know, so... Those rules may or may not have applied. You know, my son, yes, could run up on somebody that way, but I had to teach him also what good etiquette was and why that wasn't good etiquette. And luckily, the people around us, because as Sammy was saying, the field with the games we play, so many people are regulars there. We train there regularly and to a high level. We have people who play around the country scenario paintball. We have people who compete nationally and internationally with speedball. Um, so there's a lot of respect at that field, and they immediately curbed that behavior, right? And so they said, no, that's not okay. But still, it's hurting a son who still loves sport, who still plays, but it kind of jaded how he plays. Um, and I would say I'm fairly responsible about teaching him, you know, there's another side to it and coming back out. So, um, you know, I, I think that, None of this has just an easy answer, and we're not going to get to it. Again, I just like exploring um, other people's opinions on it. And Todd McLaughlin, yes, he's going to be out at the next match. Um, they did their job. Let's see. Rules are rules. Young, female, new player, doesn't matter. Just give them some props and help them out along the way. That earns respect. They did their job. You can try to surrender me. I don't have to accept it. Word to the wise, you better shoot me. Um yeah, it happens. So let's see. We've got a couple more callers joining us. Area code three two one. Who's this? Oh, hello. Hello, is this Isabel? Yes. Welcome. Let me see who else we have on the line. Area code five six two. Who's this? Hey, this is Catno. Hey, Catno. Cat, yeah, hey, how's we're going? It's a part of it. I know you don't like it, but it is. Huh? Well, listen. Okay. So thanks for calling in, Art. We will be with you in just a second. I want to hear from Isabel, who I'm thrilled to have. Isabel is one of the team generals we were talking about at the start of the show, who is generally, well, tell us about your game, Isabel. When and where is it, and what side do they play for? It's at Hurricane Paintball Park, and it's a pirate game. Um, I'm generally, and actually one of my good friends, Jacob, is generally uh, super excited, but also kind of super nervous. Is this your first time in a leadership role for a game? Um, I was XO for a smaller scenario, but that's about it. 
So you've got some really good people around you, though. I was very impressed by your decision to invite Jenny to be your XO. So you got mm-hmm. some very I good girls. I was trying to invite, like, all the, like, female, like, paintballers I know, like you and, like, Brie Ellis I know is, like, really good. Did you invite Marty Preston to play on your side? Yes, I actually reached out to her, but I haven't gotten anything back yet. Okay, and Kaylee Beard? Oh, yeah, we reached out to her, too. I think we reached out to her husband, too. Okay, I'm sure that Jenny knows all of I, I know that Jenny knows all of the ladies to ask in the area, so I'm not trying to recruit against the boys here. Um, <laughs> oh, Hell no, he says Desi's on right now too. Hi, Desi. Um, no, we are trying to help get ladies and anybody out to the game, which is August 5th at Hurricane Paintball Park in Palm Bay. So, so we're having an interlude here from Real Chat with the Road Dogs. My road dogs are having a lot to say tonight. Will you please try to put them in the yard? I know they might not go. The dogs really want to be in here running around right now. Um, so I'm sorry about that. Usually when I'm home, I have the dogs downstairs, but I am still on the road. So I'll be back this week. So let's see what we've got going on back here. So Isabel, one of the things we were talking about earlier, was we brought it up with youth generals, and then we moved into it from the women's side, so you kind of, well, you hit both. You hit the youth side and the female side. The question was, should somebody not bunker a player because they are a woman, and or should somebody not bunker a player because they're a kid? So how do you feel about weighing in on those? Um, I feel definitely the woman part shouldn't really have to do, like, really much about anything. But the younger players, I know, like, sometimes, like, when I was younger, I was really, like, timid to get out there. Like, I had, like, my fair share of getting shot. But um, I would say definitely if you know if it's, like, for, like, the first time playing, like, take it easy on them, like, surrender them or something. Okay, and yeah, and if we talked, we said earlier sometimes, and everybody else, I muted everybody else on the line for a moment because there was background noise. If you're trying to talk and you're wondering why you can't get through, I only have Isabel's line open right now, and I will bring everyone back on in just a second. Um, but I'm pretty sure that you just said, Isabel, that you were timid on the field. Yeah, like I if was there, really like. <laughs> when? When you first started? Yeah, like, my brother was really big into paintball, so, like, our whole family kind of got into it, but me and my mom were always, like, kind of in the back shooting, but, like, we eventually, like, got up there and into it, and now me and my mom are, like, always in the front. Okay, I'm making faces here, and people on Facebook Live must be like, what is she thinking? Because I'm listening to you saying how you were a back player. I'm thinking to myself, never. In any of the times that I have ever seen you play, and granted, I haven't been there since the very beginning, 
But for many years, I was like, I've never seen her or would consider her to be a back player. This girl is out there in a sports bra with her T-shirt torn down the side, getting hit, I mean, taking actual physical body hits, not just to her fabric on the outside of her. So um, timid is not a word that I would describe you as now. But So it's interesting to hear you say that you were timid when you first started. And what advice or what would you say to somebody besides, you know, if they didn't know? If somebody didn't know that you were a kid or that you were a woman out there and they were, you know, they had really gotten in your way, hurt you, whatever, what can they do to make it better afterwards? Like to the person that, like, hurt you or? Yeah. No, the person who did the hurting. Like, if they really feel badly about it, like, is it okay if there's, like, my bad? Like, will you be okay with it afterwards? Uh, if I hurt someone, I would be, like, really, like, apologetic and, like, is there anything I can do for you or, like, try and take them out myself? Like, oh, let's go shoot that guy. <laughs> really just, like, just try and help them. Cause I know every time I shot someone when I was younger, I would go up and say, I'm sorry. And that's okay. I, I don't know, initially, you know, you don't have to apologize for me. You can let them know, you know, sorry, it's part of the game. That's what it is. I feel badly, too, sometimes when I shoot people really close up. So it goes both ways. And I've unmuted all of the other lines. But I was asking you that because people are on here commenting that you got bunkered today and that you got shot in the butt. And <laughs> then doesn't <laughs> saying that he's going to bunker you 100%, and Chris is saying Jenny's going to bunker Desi. Um, is Desi recruiting with the boys on this game? Because I'm talking about Team Jenny over here and Team Issa over here, and he's talking about the boys. So what's going on with that? <laughs> that was really fun. I, I know there's – this is Chris. I know there's a lot of support for these two young generals here, and everybody's recruiting for everybody. Um, there's so much support for Jacob and Isabel. It, 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 it's, it blows my mind how, how big this has gotten. I, I, I didn't expect this. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, they are from the same team, and we are asking everybody from the same community. So it really is a fun day. And I we talk about fun paintball often, but – this is a big game for our area, and we're inviting other people to come. It's not a big game that happens. It's a big traveling game, you know. Yes, it's part of a series, but it's kind of home. So because it's the same team and the producer is coming from the same team and it's from a home field, everything is staying there. So it's not that you're competing with – and even the XOs have – these are relatively close to being home field for everybody. I mean, this is right. where people play when they're not doing scenario at Battlefield Orlando. And, again, these two fields are owned by the same family. So the fact that it is so win-win, I like seeing the cohesiveness of the community. Everybody is recruiting right. for the same thing. It's not so much against each other. It's, you're coming out to help us either way, so just come out and play. Right, it, 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 and again, it's all, everybody's going to come in and have fun. When the dust settles, the smoke is gone, the place is littered with paint, 
it's going to be all smiles in the staging area. Everybody's going to be high fiving. Everybody's going to be talking smack left and right. It, it, it's all going to be a very fun day at the very end. Wait, hold on. I'm. I've got some breaking news here. When is she going to be your wife? Are you saying not for this game, Desi? Desi saying he can't wait to play against his wife. Ha 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 ha. Well, I guess technically he's saying. I thought that they had already officially tied the knot. They got engaged at a game at the Jurassic Park game. Actually, it was really, really, really sweet. Desi proposed to his girlfriend in front of all of us. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it's going to be a home field throwdown. He says. It really is. I think that it's going to be a really awesome time. AJ and I are going to be out there. See, it's really about the kids learning to work with new people and learning to communicate and run with new people. That's why it's great. That's the 22-player team is split. That's why it's great that the 22-player team is split. Yeah. Actually, right. make a really good point, Todd. By splitting the team, instead of them just working with the same people you are, they're expanding who they're going to work with who they're communicating with, how they're playing against each other. And by playing against each other, it's going to help them later on because they can come back and say, this is where we found your weaknesses and how can we build together. So lots of good things can come from it. As nervous as I am, I mentioned earlier, in December I'm going to be commanding against one of my own teammates. And I was nervous about that, nervous about splitting our team. Uh, by having people have to, you know, decide who and where they're playing for. Um, and that's going to go for South Florida, too, because I'm playing against somebody from my from a team I play with, but also the other opposing general who's playing on that side is from South Florida. She plays for Lethal Threat, so she's out of our local community already. So, Sammy, I hope that you are playing for me at LCP anytime you come. You're making barrel covers that say I shot Isabel? That's horribly not nice, Desi. That's kind of awesome, though. Desi says he's making a barrel cover that says I shot Isabel. He's going to need to make a lot of them. Okay, so she says you're going to need to make a lot of them. That's good, (laughs) actually, because there's a comment coming through right now, Isabel, about you that completely reminds me of the last game that I played against these fellas before they invited me to join them as a road dog. But this comment says he was only one left at one point today and was holding down attacks from three different directions. She was totally on fire today. And, I mean, these guys, that's how I wound up on this travel squad. You know, I was the one holding it down. I When people ask me how does it feel to be a girl out there, I forget because sometimes you're the only one who's out there, right? You were the only one out there today, Isabel. What happened? Uh, uh, it actually ended up being me and my best friend, Maddie, and then she ended up getting shot out, and I knew there was, like, at least three or four And they started coming, like, from behind. So I was like, you know what? I'll just run it, and it, I got paid for it. But, but so it was worth it, and that's what... Is- well, she's not telling you. I was there during that practice, <laughs> and oh yeah, she got she paid for it. But the next practice session, they paid for it in spades. This girl does not hold back. So, uh, and her and and Madison went after those guys that came around the corner, and and Jim Sport gave them back what they gave to them. So, these two do not hold back. Um, if you're if you don't know who these people are, and you're intimidated by a child, and you think she's a child, trust me, 
she's a force to be reckoned with on that field. And I can't wait to see what she does on the fifth. Well, check this out. You're getting some awesome compliments here online, Isabel. We have, well, your dad is there, and my dad is here, too. My dad is on the phone with us. Hi, Daddy. He might be on mute, but my dad is out there also. Um, you can say to you, Daddy. I put it back off, but hi. I see you listening out there. But Isabel's dad says, so glad that my kids are getting the chance to show the world what they got. And then Todd McLaughlin says, you did great. And that younger players all look up to her, and they should. We were we were having a conversation before you joined us earlier about what to call you on. Then we, I think, agreed on young adult, Isabel. Because I said, I kept saying the kids, because I remember you out on the field at 12 years old, which is about the same age my son is. And so that's a little kid, but you're not anymore. You're a young adult as Chris Barnum said. I mean, you're 16 years old, and you're very responsible. Uh, you're, I think that you're awesome, but that's because I know you. So it's nice to be able to see you in this role, and it's nice for the young ones who – and there are a lot of young kids who are at Battlefield Orlando and at Hurricane Paint Ballpark. We have Desi on the line with us regularly. He's usually – uh, with us on our chat, he's been a guest on the show. His fiance Jenny has been a guest on our show, and they do a lot with little kids at the field. And it's because of this field that I feel comfortable letting my own son go out and now play against me. It was with these people that he played against me for his first time. And that's a big responsibility we've talked about on this show before, about when you have kids at the field, who watches them, what happens when a child is out there and my son and I always ran together um, you know if he got shot out I left the game if I got shot out he left the game and then all of a sudden he was feeling confident enough that he could run and Desi felt confident enough that they could handle him and he ran against me with Desi and some of these same people that we're talking to tonight and now he only plays against me so um, you know I I like that the young kids have this young adult generation to look up to because, well, I mean, we were there, I guess, you know, Jenny and Desi, they're like the cool kids on in the neighborhood for you teens, right? Definitely. Like, I know, I was, like, when I was a little kid, like, I looked up to, like, my brother, my dad, everyone, like, when we first created the team, like, that's definitely how we grew the team and everything. Uh, I have somebody who, we have somebody who's joined us. Uh, he's been on hold very patiently with us. He introduced himself as Cat No, and I said, Cat Yes. This is Art Catano, and he is calling from California. And, Art, will you tell everybody? who you are, where you play out, of what team you play with, please. Oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I'm out of Southern California. Um, my home field is uh, the world-famous SC Village. That's where they have uh, the annual Decay of Nations game. That's probably the, the biggest game that uh, on the West Coast, uh, if you're from the East Coast or the Midwest, and you've heard of Decay of Nations, 
my fields where they play it at. Um, I play with the, I play a uh, MagFed, so I'm part of uh, the MagFed Samurai, and uh, we we uh, we're part of the the West Coast MFOG scene. So we do the the monthly MFOGs. You know, we actually had one earlier today. But uh, um, in addition to that, well, in in regards to your topic, uh, I find it interesting because my team captain actually has a group for like first time players and for little kids to learn how to play paintball properly, uh, the Splat Ninjas. So once again, like it's a monthly thing where parents can bring their kids who may not really be confident with playing 68 caliber paintball. So they use the, the 50 cal paintballs. And, and, you know, we, we it's on a smaller scale because obviously physically they're smaller bodies so they can only run so far so fast. But uh, I, I, I help out with that. So that's where my qualm comes in with shooting kids and, you know, moms or older sisters and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a touchy, hazy gray area. Okay. And that's one of the reasons that I brought you on and asked you to join us tonight was I wanted to know how you felt about this because I told him today to go out and shoot some women while he was on the field so he'd have something to talk about tonight. And he said that he didn't know how he felt about that, that especially women and kids. He is torn. And I said, oh, my gosh, then don't shoot anybody and come on and tell me about this because I'm a little bit torn, too, but at the same time, they go for it. And so some of the things we've been talking about is when you're able to identify somebody as new, you know, that's one thing, but what happens when you can't? I mean, are you, would you have the same level of, I guess, nervousness or dislike of shooting? Well, shoot, I don't know how to say it, but it's going to sound horrible if you say yes or no, I guess, but shooting me versus a first-time mom out there playing if you had to come up and bunker somebody? Yeah, like, okay, so, like, if I'm playing a, a scenario event or, like, an open class event or just, like, a walk-on day and I could identify that's a female or, like, a little kid or, like, somebody with a little kid and the adult gets shot out and then it's just a little kid kind of, like, free, freaking out and freezing up, like, yeah, I... I if I cannot take the shot, I won't take the shot. Uh, I carry a lightsaber with me. So, like, you know, like, sometimes people have, like, rubber knives and stuff like that. I have a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I've I've run up on a little kid and been like, hey, buddy, you're out, and I tap him with the, with the lightsaber. I, of course, I get lit up because it freaks him out. But, I mean, like, I'd rather have that happen than, like, for me to – get within like 10 feet and like shoot him in the back or the pod pack or in a mask or something. Cause I don't want to freak out and like traumatize someone to the point where they're like, ah, I hate paintball. I'm never doing this again. This is a terrible sport, you know? Cause like you're not, uh, for lack of a better word, growing the sport, you know, you're actually shrinking it. So, uh, right. and, uh, <clears throat> but like if, if I'm at like a specific event, like, like an MPOG, you know, like, and somebody brings their kid, and, you know, they're all geared out, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to go play Army or whatever. Like, they know what they're getting into. They, you know, they see their parents come home with welds or, or cuts or whatever. They, like, they know what they're signing up for. So I have less trepidations with that, but I'll, I'll still, like I said, try to not not light them up, you know. 
Um, but like first timers, like I said, like with, with my buddies, Flat Ninjas group, uh, I, I'll shoot around kids. Like, you know, obviously like kids are physically smaller, like I said earlier. So I'll aim like six foot high and above and like shooting at the trees or the walls and stuff. So they know to get their head down. Cause like, like I said, it's their first time playing. They're just like standing out in the open and they're like, I could see him, but he can't see me. That's not true at all. Like, you know, they're, they're out in the open. And I'm just like, Oh geez let me shoot at the ground or let me shoot at the tree above them. And then they kind of like get like, Oh, he could reach me. And then they, they tuck in or whatever. Okay, cool. Like, that's great. Every now and then I might accidentally shoot a kid and I feel bad. Like, I'm not going to be like lighting up as I'm walking towards them aggressively or anything like that. But like, if I shoot him, you know, it happens. I'm not aiming for him. I'm not trying. I'm trying to get their confidence up. So, Kat, what happens if you go up to somebody and you bunker them and they turn around and they shoot you? They they don't or, – or if you try to surrender them, you don't bunker them. You go up and you say surrender. You haven't actually touched them because there's some feel that, you know, they, they don't – you can't touch the player. So uh, you okay. have the option well, that that's never happened. Uh, like if I go, if I'm within like touching distance, I will use my lightsaber. Um, uh, but like, people like that's just not that. That I'm sorry. What was that? People are loving this lightsaber. By the way, we're getting lots of comments about the lightsaber. Oh yeah, uh, thirteen confirmed kills. This. Thirteen confirmed kills, and I hate to say it, but two of them are kids. I guess that makes me like a Sith. I'm, I'm like a bad guy that. That takes out kids, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, if I get close enough to use a lightsaber, I'm using a lightsaber. Uh, I'm proud to say that I've never actually shot someone like bunkered them or anything like that. That's a that's like I said, that's a that's a no go zone for me. So. And you know what? Everybody has. Yes, Helene. Yes. Uh, hello, am I still on? Or? Yeah, you're still on. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, see, you know, being the manager for the Valley Girls, um, I definitely understand the the female side. But, um, you know, I mean, too, what it really helps, you know, in um, everything is actually the pre-game stuff, getting out there, getting to know the players, getting to know their experience. I mean, because I know my girls, if you come up and surrender to die them, they, they will, they'll shoot and they'll shoot you. I mean, guaranteed. Um, so really as players, what we have to do is actually get down into the grassroots, mingle with people, whether they're on your team or not, and actually get out there and, and meet them. Okay, well, no, this this lady. I mean, uh, I mean, she she'll play. I mean, it's like fleeing. And I love you, sis, but I would not. I would not surrender or drive die you. I know you would shoot me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and and That's even some of the I younger ladies. Yeah, yeah, some of the younger ladies. I mean, you know, I mean, there's some of these younger girls. You better watch them. I've seen some of those girls. I, if, if if I went up and surrendered, died them, they would laugh at me. But so really, what you got to look at is actually the level of gameplay. Actually, really get in there and actually meet the people and get to know who they are. Um, 
and and how much experience they have. I mean, it's like that little guy that played with us down there in North Carolina with his dad. I mean, that that dude Brody. was a baller, man. And his gun was almost bigger than he was. He needed a wheel for the end of his tank. That little joker, I seen him rope people. And, you know, everybody else on the other side, oh, man, that, that kid's kind of cute. And until he got, they got their butt shot off, I was like, yeah, see? Yeah, you might be cute, but don't play with this kid, man. This kid will this kid will rail you out. And so with the kids, even with the kids, you got to get down there and you actually have to figure out how much experience they have, what their game uh, their gameplay is. You know, first time moms, yeah, no, definitely. You you want to be able to uh, spot them out and um, even I mean even I, I you know first time dads. I mean I've um, I've seen. I've seen guys, grown men, come out and um, play the game the first time and just get railed out, and they were done, never seen them again. I mean, that happened at, at uh, one of my fields, uh, at, at my old field. And, you know, so, I mean, really, you know, as players, it's not a, it's not always about just yanking up your gut and just going out. You have to be sociable. You have to get out there, and you have to figure out everybody that you're playing with and playing against. Um you know, because once you, you know, once you get inside the net, then the game changes. Then you, then you use, you know, uh, common sense. You know, little guys running around first time, don't rip him out. You know, I, I love the lifesaver thing. I mean, that's that's actually really really cool. Um, I used to sneak up and pull on their packs and tell them that they were done, <laughs> or pop them on the leg with my squeegee and keep going. Um, so I mean, you know. And in saying that, um, you know, you got to watch some of these ladies. Some of these ladies, they're, you know, they're, they're I mean, they'll, they'll get your attention. So if you see the ladies come out, I mean, instantly, that's what I always do. I, I'll walk over, meet, greet, talk to them, figure out how they play, what, you know, have you played in Excel? Have you just played scenario? Have you just played walk-on? How many times you've played? You know, um and so that way, when you do see them on the field, and and always keep an eye on them because you know, I mean, us players we change our gear all the time. We even change our gun. And so you know, you kind of you have to look for little things that they do and and different stuff like that. So that way, you can spot them on the field and and you know, you don't you don't wreck them or or hurt them. And they're the ones that will wreck you back, you better watch. So. Um, me, I've always, I've always played that way. You know, if, if I recognize a player uh, for who they are and 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 play them exactly how they want to be played, then um, that's that's very important because then you're not degrading or you're not stealing from or robbing because they can't get the, when they come out to play, they want to get the exact experience they're looking for. Uh-huh. And. Not everybody has the ability to judge the people around them and to talk to them um, like you do. So we might not know what their experience is that they're looking for exactly, but one thing that everybody can agree on when it comes to an experience we're looking for is a good, fun time. So if you think you're going overboard, you might be going overboard, and if you're questioning should I do it, maybe don't. But one of – it's funny because we've got an East Coast, West Coast, we like what you're doing thing here. Desi Johnson from Florida saying he respects what the West Coast guy is doing, Cali guy is doing. So, Art, that's you. And Chris in Texas, thank you for bringing the topic to us because I'm loving hearing 
everybody's views on this. And then here we are on the East Coast with Chris Barnum's crew, where Desi Johnson, who is joining us on Facebook, has helped to implement at Battlefield Orlando a different color mask for newer players. So you knew really who you were looking out for. It would be hard for maybe impractical to say, okay, you've met five people out here who might be new and try to remember what their masks look like, what they look like. But Desi had it down pat at Jurassic Park with different colored masks for the newbies. If you wanted to either be recognized as new or if you were a rental slash uh, a young gun, we would, that you had the option to take this mask. And they offered it to people. Hey, if you're out here and you have your own gear with you, but you're not comfortable out there. Maybe you're using your friend's gear, but you're not really comfortable. You can use one of these masks. And it was a really big hit. So I talk about that over and over again. So let me, I guess, go back through some people here because I am I really appreciate the conversation that everybody's having tonight. So, Kat, yes, you yep. say maybe we can shoot a kid sometime. I mean... Yeah, once again, it all depends. Like, you know, just like the guy before me said, like if if they're hauling ass and and trying to be all cool about it, and and they're they're down, then yeah, I mean, game on. But like, if they're cowering in the corner and like there's like a wet spot between their legs, and maybe don't line them up. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I like that. Um, Isabel, your closing thoughts on get yeah, one ball is fine. No. Johnson, you're right. One ball is fine. Also, what we are, um, how we're playing. But if we're playing with respect and honor and integrity, and also we're talking about different venues. You know, things are different in different scenarios. So what we're saying right now might not apply in the game that you're playing at. But um, Isabel, yeah. any thoughts on it? Um, definitely, I would just say make sure people have fun. I think you can kind of tell the people who want to get into it and more of the people who stay back. But definitely just make sure everyone's having fun, have a good time, just so you do grow the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want everybody to come back. So whatever, or most of the people to come back. So let's see, one ball is fine. Unless you're shooting at Isabel. Oh, my gosh, Desi. Oh, man. And Desi is the guy who got my son to shoot me and also to shoot some other assassins from the Assassin Alliance. So Desi is coming up. Then empty the max loader? No way. Okay, Isabel, we're going to have to protect you against Desi, it looks like, at your game. I feel like <laughs> Desi come for me, though. He's definitely going to be coming. And Jimmy Spinks, any last words on shooting at a girl? Um, <clears throat> just uh, you know, honestly, you know, just you know, watch watch her body language. Um, this here's here's one thing that I've been working with the girls this last few weeks. Um, is you know, like uh, down there in North Carolina. Josie, I mean, you know, the, the one guy she had shot him, he spun shot her, and, you know, and she started freaking out on him. It's like, no, no, don't do that. You know, sometimes you'll find your, yourself in a place to where 
as ladies, you know, guys, um, and I've seen it. I've watched it. I've been there on the field. Um, in fact, um, I remember playing against the old fans, you know. Um, and, you know, that was that was one attitude that they always had. You know, if somebody disrespects you, take it. Don't yell at them. Don't lose your cool. Rip them back, you know. And, you know, and then walk away. Walk away clean, you know. Um, you know, because it's... You know, it's really that gender that gender gap that we're really trying to, to bridge here. Uh, and, you know, in the pro world and the scenario world and even on the local level. I mean, because we need more women in the sport. I mean, I've I have came across and seen so many female ballers that um, actually has gotten discouraged and actually left the sport or gave up right when they started. So, um, you know, you know, as, as, as a male, you know, that's why me personally, I've always, you know, um, in fact, yeah, it was, it was about 2000 when I, I realized, I realized that. And it was uh, a mom that brought her, her son out to the field and um, I did, you know, and she was having fun. Well, and then um, actually at that time, one of my fellow teammates showed up, and he was, you know, he was just out there playing and, and just doing run throughs, and it was like, and he lit her up. And I never see, and she was like, you know, she came up to me and she was like, I am never letting my play, my son play this game again. So, you know. Um, we just have to be conscious. We have, as players, um, you know, both male and female. I mean, because you know, I mean, as, as males, we get we get into fist fights and stuff, and it's that's not fun. The whole point of the whole game is everybody have fun, um, express themselves, enjoy the game, and um, exactly. You know, and as long as everybody's having fun, then um, that's what we're looking for. So, Chris from Cobra Paintball, you brought us this topic. Well, you remember when I started the topic, I was talking about a recreational game. Now, scenario, I have different rules of engagement. So, but I still always assess what I'm looking at, identify. Is it, you know, is it enemy? Is it, you know, is it a friendly? Okay, it's an enemy. How many? Okay, and then also take into account when, if, anyone ever knows how Cobra plays, usually we always roll together and we roll pretty deep as 10, 15. I mean, we've even had up to 25 plus Cobra. So we have you in one building. We're not going to, we're probably not going to wait for you to come out or, you know, spray us, you know, without all of us shooting at you. You know, we're, we're, it's not the way we roll. We, we, you know, just because pain is in paintball doesn't mean you got to inflict it. Um, You know, and stuff like that happens, you know, it's, it's gonna and it's gonna keep happening because, like everyone said on the call, every situation is different. It's sometimes it's one against three, three against one, sometimes three in the bunker, one out. Um, the I was gonna touch on that barrel tag uh, statement. Usually when it comes to the barrel tag, I stay trained on that person, and I watch their hands and I watch their arms, and it basically comes down to 
are you, if you put your hands up, then I know you're legitimately out. You know, just as we all know, it's all programmed in our paintball DNA. And then there's, right. it's there when they're, when they're hesitating. And usually that's what gets me killed is because I hesitate shooting someone, not usually because it's always gender or whatnot. It's depending on how my distance with the person. Um, even if there's like, you can shoot from any distance. I still, I still can't find it myself to do it just because, you know, it's just it's just not that's not the way I was raised to play, and that's not the way I learned how to play. Um, same thing with the girls. Well, when I started back in '99, '98, uh, same thing. Uh, I started playing against. Uh, a, actually, the first game I went with was my girlfriend, and we played against. We did a girls versus boys thing, and yeah, the guys went ham on the girls, and. Uh, I don't know. I guess my mom always told me don't hit a girl, so I kind of just always restrain myself. Now it comes. Now different things click in. Uh, uh, I'm a ten-year army vet, so it's a different thing. When I actually start getting engaged and they're laying down some, you know, laying down rope, then I change it up and I'm like, mm, okay, well you can dish that out. I'm sure you can take what I'm gonna throw at you too. So and that's and that goes back to what everyone was saying. Every situation is different. You know, like I said, my recreational game was. Two girls in the back, one a teenager, one probably barely ten, and uh, yeah, that's it's not in my way of playing rec ball just to go crazy on somebody who's still sitting in the back, the starter bunker, and then trying to keep my own guys from going up and just running them over as well. But scenario, you know, if you sign up for that, expect you know, like living legends, anyone that went up to hell, small. If you're big or small, you can expect a lot of barrels are going to be trained on you out there no matter what your size is, maybe five or 10 out of those people won't shoot you, but there's probably going to be 20 or 30 that will. So uh, there's, you know, it's all about the person and about what they're targeting. And that goes back to what we were saying. It's where you're talking about the audience, the situation changes when you're going to a big, and here's the thing, when you're going to these big travel games, like where you and I met at a legends event, games that are put on where people are traveling and this is because people are going to travel for Christmas games so it's going to be a little bit different but people are coming from all over the country to make up the venue right it's not that just the local park was putting something on this is a venue that's selected um, in advance well the people you know plan all year to come to um, versus a game where a home field may be putting on a one or two day scenario event that may be a big event for them at that field. It may be two, 300 players, but 70 of those players may be rentals and walk on. So there's different levels of scenario and even what rec day can turn into. But I have one question to ask all of you all, if we're talking about it, especially in terms of being rec day and, you know, new people out there and how do experienced players play against new players? I've always said, remember that rec ballers are not our, that rentals are friends, not food. Don't go out there and eat them up and spit them out and send them home miserable. Um, but we talked about being kids. We talked about it being women. Does it matter if it's a guy? Does it matter if the person is scared and they're, they're out there and it's their first time out there, how you treat them if they're scared? No. Absolutely not. Okay, absolutely not. So, as as a field what I always do, um, and what I had done, 
is you know like you 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 can recognize your your um your skilled players you know team players that that was one thing that I never did do but I would never let my team play their own field. You can watch and after everybody leaves, then you can play and the reason why is is for that exact reason that's a good call so you know. I'm glad to hear that. Down to the respect and the honor. I know that it happened to me. I was playing in a final battle. I was the general of the, of the game, and at that point, it was there was no way that we could come back. And it wasn't about losing to walk off the field, but we were so outnumbered at that point, and most of the people on my side were rentals, and it was like their first day, and they had come to play with us for what would have been a rec day for them, but they decided to come and join over with us. And some of them came to me and said, we're leaving the field. This isn't fun anymore. I was like, wait, wait, wait. This isn't fun. Then we need to change up what we're doing here. And we called the game, and everybody went to play rec ball for those, you know, well, these people went to play rec ball for the last hour. But it could have gone a much different way because if you have 20 rentals on the field who walk off after their first day playing saying, oh, my gosh, this was horrible, it hurts our sport. So I'm glad to hear that it didn't matter in the end if it's a woman, child, or a man. It really just comes down to the respect. And I'm glad to hear so much support and the continued support for women. People say women and kids aren't welcome in the sport, but every time I talk to people, they say, yes, bring them. We can't wait to have them out there. So thank you to everyone. Blake, if you're going to call in, call in right now because I'm about to call the show otherwise. Um, Because Blake... Uh, Burnett was a 14-year-old general for integrity, so he's going to chat with us about that. But he says he leads the child victory three out of five times. And Todd McLaughlin says lead mentor that makes it friends, not shooting them. Shooting them, not shooting them does nothing. Right? They're there to play. They want to be a part of it. Mike McInerney, hi there. And Mike keeps all of us out of trouble at the field. Though funny enough, he always does get in trouble at the field. Um, <laughs> different trouble, though. Okay, 913, Blake, is that you? Yeah. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for calling us. You're welcome. So, Blake, tell everybody where you're calling from and what team you're with. Blake, are you there? Can you all hear Blake? I can't hear Blake. No, Blake? Sorry, can you hear me now? Blake? Oh, there can you, you are. Me? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, so tell everyone who you are, where you're from, what team you're with. Uh, my name is Blake Burnett. Uh, not really on a team. My local field, that's his drop zone paintball in Overbrook, Kansas, uh, from Kansas City area. Okay. And you have experience being a team general, correct? <laughs> yes. That Well, yeah, actually, I guess at points of the game, I was the acting general, uh, 14 years old. Uh, this was 1999, 
uh, my first Viper event. It was actually also the first time I ever played at Drop Zone Paintball. So no experience at the field, no experience with scenario ball. And when I answered the questionnaire for registration, I had been in Boy Scouts, Civil Air Patrol, and I was in ROTC. So I answered that I had leadership experience. Um, I said I had experience with role-playing games because I thought that meant playing Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so I uh, – the game itself was based off of uh, a book that was made into a movie by a gentleman named Tom Clancy. Uh, it was clear and present danger. And my character is like the main bad guy in the book and the movie. I hadn't seen the movie since I was about eight years old, somewhere around there. And I watched it with my dad, didn't understand any of it, didn't know any of the storyline going into the game, just, I want to go shoot people with a paintball gun. So I get my character card and it says I'm an intelligence officer. I'm the XO. You know, I, I get there Friday night, meet and greet. Everyone gets to know each other, figure out who characters are. And upon saying the name Felix Cortez to players, like my own team didn't like me all of a sudden. The other team <laughs> didn't like me. Uh, you know, I, I figured, okay, you know, it's probably something to do with the game. So throughout the course of the game, one of uh, Viper's traveling team of paintballers that came with him to the events, uh, I only remember the guy as Indy. And he played the uh, Jack Ryan or Harrison Ford character. And he kept dropping extremely obvious hints that I'm supposed to kill the general without actually saying it. And I didn't pick up on any of it. I looked at it like I'm the second in command. I'm super loyal to this guy. I'm supposed to be killing without knowing I'm supposed to be killing. him. So the general, the whole time he knows what's up and he just keeps sending me off on suicide missions. Hey kid, give me, give me your gun. I've got a recon mission. Uh, I need you to go like draw a map of the whole field. Like I, I need, I need to know where all the creeks are. I need to know. And I, I walked around for two and a half, three hours, came back to him with a complete map drawn of the field. Um, and then he sends me on a mission to go once again, no gun to the enemy general on an intelligence mission. Doesn't tell me what I'm supposed to say to the guy. Um, I make my way through like the third faction Delta force team that didn't ask who I was or they would have assassinated me there. Um, I get to the enemy base. The general uh, asks what I'm doing. I tell him I'm an intelligence officer. I'm sent from General Escobedo, and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. He said, well, in that case, how about I, uh, I'll offer you, you know, $1,000 to, to join my team. And I said, you can't bribe me. You know, I'm, they, they pay me much better over at the, at the cartel. And he tried bribing me with Gatorade. Um, I, I drank the Gatorade, but I didn't join his team. So he tells me, since obviously I'm not willing to negotiate with him, uh, he's going to let me leave his territory unharmed uh, as a sign of goodwill and go back to my general at this time. It's probably 
four thirty, five o'clock in the evening, and I've probably not shot a single paintball the whole day. Um, as I'm walking off, the further perimeter guards is one of his uh, lieutenants that can tape, and he sees me walking away from the command tent towards him. And as I go walking past, he said, hey, hey, you forgot your arm tape and tapes me as his team. Point in Viper games, there were no rules about getting taped on the enemy team. So I start walking towards my team wearing enemy tape. They light me up. I go off field, start talking about what had all just happened with the uh, head ref and one of Viper staff nearby who just flipped out over what I had just done. Um, I got set aside and interviewed by Viper, the field manager, I believe the field owner, um, head ref, some of Viper's staff, and I explained everything. I'm sorry? What was that? What were they so upset about? Well, nobody had ever you know, legitimately gotten team taped by the enemy at that point. There, there wasn't a rule for what to do. So Uh, they basically made up on the spot, the rule that's been in effect for almost 20 years now of, um, if you manage to get taped by somebody with the authority to do it by either misrepresenting your team verbally or through their lack of care, it's fine and you have to report to Viper and he tells you things that you're not supposed to repeat to people and I won't repeat to people. But um, if you look up his rules at this point, it's, you know, if, if you're on one team, you always have to spawn with them, which means you have to walk on to the field wearing enemy tape with a group of your teammates. And that gets into, you know, interesting. Um, that's pretty By the sneaky. end of the, yeah, I um, I just kept telling everyone what this general told me to say, and for some reason nobody questioned anything. He ripped my team tape off. Um, they ruled fine. That's from that point then. All right, you don't have to wear your team tape. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was extremely interesting. So. My friend, uh, also 14-year-old, he had rented the movie and watched it, like, marathoned for a week straight before the event. Um, He knew which, like, extra character he was in the movie or something like that. Um, Okay. He was basically, like, my bodyguard that has no lines in the movie, for the most part, is, you know, minor consequence through the book. But whatever Viper had given him some special card uh, that explained everything, and he never told me this. I I found this all out within the last, like, two weeks. Uh, The guy decided to start getting back into paintball and uh, kind of reminisced on old times. And in the middle of the night, Indy walked by, made some hints about, uh, you know, it would be a shame if somebody just stepped in here and, killed everyone you've only got one guard or something and my friend asked indy well what are you doing here he said oh just dropping off presents you know standard 
agency stuff and walks off and reaches into his pocket. Well, unbeknownst to Andy, when he pulls out a water bottle, he pulls out the enemy team tape with it and drops the enemy team tape on the ground in the middle of the night. Um, my friend took that as a sign of, oh, this is the moment where you take control of the team. Since I wasn't there, I was off in the middle of the night doing reconnaissance missions. Uh, he steps one foot into the command, tent, says you're all dead, takes a satchel charge, blows up the command tent, grabs the enemy team tape, and starts taping our team as this other colored tape that Indy dropped. Um, when people respawned, they took my friend's player card, his badge. They took his gun, which we were 14. He had like a brass eagle stingray. It might've been clear. Um, he uh, got sent to Viper. Viper, not putting it together, didn't even realize at the time who his character was and what was going on. And once again, my friend explained everything and they realized that it was an accident. The guy didn't mean to drop the tape when he pulled out the water bottle. So my friend got kicked off our team. I was kicked off by association and we defected to the Colombian army or something like that. And then once again, I get sent off on some recon missions and somebody had to role play my character for me. And I got assassinated by uh, Delta force at the end of the game. Like I get notified of this going into the final battle and get handed a, another player card for the third time. It is oftentimes <laughs> easy to use kids, um, to exploit some of the rules in a game. And um, especially if you can take an active player off the field by sending them on other missions, I'll tell you that one of the best pieces of advice that I've been given about scenario paintball is if you can make the other team believe it's part of the game, then it becomes part of the game. So I've definitely helped to waste um, time and energy of troops on things that maybe shouldn't have been, and people have definitely wasted some of my time and energy on the field um, by convincing me of things as well. So um, just recently we had a kid at a game, a young gun who was out there, a little one, and we sent him right into the enemy side, and he pulled this whole, like, I'm lost, I can't find my parents thing on the field. And they took him right into their base, and he blew up their base for us. It was awesome. It was really mean of us. To oh my god, that's amazing! Fashion. But it worked. Um, but it only worked for a second game. I, I lost that game ultimately. But they were really upset that we exploited a child that that way. Um, that child can't really well, see. I like great idea. So, I I dealt uh, with the repercussions of all of that through the next Viper games I went to. Um, I went to a total of, I think, four here at uh, Drop Zone in, I think, 99, 2000, and maybe 2001. Um, and from that oh. game on, like, nobody trusted me. Like, Viper well, would give me other- just... Uh, Viper would just give me random, like, you're just a grunt. 
Like that, like my character card would just, it went from being this huge paragraph in the first game of all of this stuff that I'm supposed to be doing kind of to like, you are just a loyal grunt. And like, I try to tell people that like, I'd even show them my player card and they're like, no, it's all a ruse, dude. You're a spy. You're, you're a traitor. You've, you've betrayed every team you've ever been on. And I'm like, no, you guys just keep kicking me off the team because of that first game. And it was probably the third game that I went to that people started believing, like, huh, every, everything you keep saying is true. But then Embrace you like half of the other return side, players. Like, Embrace your oh, inner yeah. side. Okay. See, that's, yeah, that's, okay. that's the plan at this point. But but to anybody out there who's planning on being super tricky and super sneaky or switching sides and stuff at games, understand if that's something that you do at a lot of games, not just like a one-time thing, you can definitely um, get known that way for it. So it uh, can also, be a double-edged sword. Also, if you're going to do it at return games, I would recommend not wearing the exact same outfit to every game. You know, don't don't yeah. be like the guy in all. Gotta bring multiple outfits to the same game if you're gonna try to do sneaky stuff. Multiple masks, multiple jerseys. But um, listen, I'm gonna go ahead and call it here in a minute. Like, thank you so much for calling in and sharing with us about your experience with Viper Games. Um, Art Catano calling from California. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your perspective on playing against kids and women and not even against, but playing with. And really, that was what the message was from everybody today. Everybody should come out and everyone should play. Um, Isabel, thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with us. Isabel is going to be general at a game August 5th at Hurricane Paintball Field in Palm Bay, Florida. And Chris from Cobra Paintball in Houston, thanks for bringing us the question. I'd also like to give a few shout-outs. I saw some people jump on a little while ago. Louis Leon from Painting the World, I see you out there. Thanks for everything you are doing, my friend. I hope you will be out of the game August 5th at Hurricane Paintball Park. I also see Lanny Sky Fox on there. So hi. Well... Loved having you on with us. And let's see, we've got Todd McLaughlin saying, at Battlefield Orlando, the ice team money goes to the kids' team. Pays for paint, at least. Thanks to Don, Kim, and Tim. So we were talking about this earlier, that at this park, how they fundraise and do things for the kids. And, yes, of course, it does come back down to the field owners and the park and everything they're doing. So thank you to all of you there. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Modern Day Pirates, Battlefield Orlando, and Hurricane Paintball Park, and Wealth Paintball Merchandise and Apparel for bringing us this show. I'm going to go ahead and call it for tonight. But again, thank you to everyone who joined us tonight. And I look forward to speaking to you all next week back home from uh, Miami. So I will speak to you all then. Until next week, though. Have a great week.